the fans who want to keep pounding. The ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views is from Midstream. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, wrapping it up, the Views from Main Street podcast rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. I am Rob Brown, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, on the other side of the metaphorical glass, my co-host and partner and crime, partner and crime, partner in crime. Well, it could be into a couple of things here. Depends, though. depends on what day it is, what time it is. It could Fair be enough. Crime. Fair enough. Uh, how about this? Going into the last few weeks of the season. So, coming off the bye week, the Carolina Panthers offensive line has been ridiculous. Let's start with the Rook. Let's start with Icky. 62 overall offensive grade from pro football focus. That is fifth amongst rookie offensive tackles with at least 500 snaps. 71 pass blocking grade. That is 16th amongst all left tackles, all of them. 17 pressures allowed, which is eighth fewest amongst left tackles with at least 500 snaps, and zero sacks allowed from week three to week 12. How about Brady Christensen moving to the left guard spot? A PFF overall offensive grade of 60th, 11th best in the league. A pass blocking grade of 70. That is seventh amongst guards in the league. 13 pressures allowed as fifth fewest amongst left guards in the league. 55.5 run blocking grade. 10th amongst left guards in the league. And a 75% run block win rate. Ninth for all guards in the league. Bradley Bozeman, remember he took over from for Pat Alflin earlier in the year. A 70.2 overall grade, 11th best among centers. Two pressures allowed, fewest amongst centers with at least 300 snaps and a run blocking grade from PFF of 71, 11th best among snappers in the league. Austin Corbett, a 73 overall PFF grade. That is good for seventh amongst all right guards. A 75 pass blocking grade, sixth amongst all guards. 11 pressures allowed, fifth fewest amongst guards. A 67 run block grade, ninth best amongst guards. And a 75% run block win rate is 10th best amongst guards. And finally, how about over at the right tackle, Mr. Taylor Moton? An 81.2 pass blocking grade, which is third amongst right tackles. And 16 pressures allowed, seventh fewest amongst right tackles with at least 500 snaps. Uh, Listen, you don't really have any one guy that's number one, number two overall across. But if you give me an offensive line of guys that are all top 10 against the run and the pass, I feel pretty good about that. So I will let you be the resident offensive line praiser and expert here on the pod. This offensive line's good, dude. Well, um, you can't see me, but I am a large individual who played offensive line in high school and in college, so I know a little something about that. You know, one thing, uh, one of the most important things about an offensive line is being able to play together for an entire season, which other than Elfline going out, they have done that. When and Bozeman coming in, and, and Bozeman had a shot to be the starter 
during training camp anyway. Yeah, we so, all thought Bozeman was gonna be the starter before before the season started. So so the continuity is there. And and the, the thing is you know what the guy next to you is gonna do. But one thing I don't think people talk about enough is you also need continuity and need to have a feel for your quarterback. And one thing this offensive line has had to deal with is a rotation of quarterbacks. You've had three different guys, and from week to week, you don't know who you're going to have back there. Uh, it's one thing to have the same quarterback every week, and you know sometimes if he gets a little nervous, he'll he'll shift to the left a little bit or he likes to roll out this way. You've got three different quarterbacks that's been coming in and out there, and it hasn't mattered which one's been back there. The offensive line has been able to, to uh, block for them and block well the entire season. That is a fact, and I think that when you can have that much consistency, the biggest shame is that we have not been able to provide a quarterback back there in that spot. I mean, look, I look at guys like Justin Fields, Trey Lance before he got dinged up, a lot of the the young quarterbacks coming out that were expected to or, or maybe hoped to turn into studs, and I kind of wonder, like, what would a Justin Fields look like behind this offensive line, right? What would a Trey Lance look like behind this offensive line? That's part of the reason that a lot of people, myself included, Zoe, are kind of concerned about the future of Baker Mayfield is if you can't do it behind this offensive line, what offensive line are you going to do it behind? And we can we can put a lot of that on rule. We can put a lot of that on the play calling of Ben McAdoo. There's a lot of places that we – there are a lot of other variables that we can blame that failure on. But my goodness, if you are looking at bringing in a new young quarterback under a head coach that is getting his feet on the ground, I don't think you could ask for a better situation – than the one that you've got brewed up in Carolina right now? Uh, absolutely, as far as offensive line goes. Again, we don't know who the coach is going to be. We don't know what uh, the offensive philosophy is going to be going forward, but we do know that chances are this offensive line is going to be intact going into next season. And if you are a young guy looking at where you're going, and chances are we're still going to find a way to get a quarterback because we probably need to, unless Sam Darnold just sets the world on fire. And even if he does – probably still getting a quarterback uh because if if a new coach comes in the first thing you're going to look at is wow look at this uh, you know no one really won this job and uh let's let's go out and get one of these guys and the quarterback crop is pretty deep this year in the draft how could you not do that but if you're one of those guys and you get that phone call saying hey well we want you to be a carolina panther you're going to smile and go i'm going to stay upright i like that because usually a young guy is going to go to a place that's in shambles and the offensive line stinks. Uh, real quick, while we are talking offensive line, uh, need to add this. We kind of hit on it earlier in the show if this has not become obvious yet, but uh, the Panthers' official website reported earlier this morning that P.J. Walker will be ready to go for the Panthers' first game uh, or for the Panthers' game this Sunday against Seattle, pardon me, following the ankle sprain that he suffered a few weeks ago. Walker will come in, obviously, as the backup quarterback for Sam Darnold, just in case we did not make that clear earlier today. uh, Allegedly, he's going to be the backup, but you know what? we got a full week of practice, and Steve Wilkes is the coach, which means, you know what? P.J. came in there, and he looked really good. You know what? We've decided uh, that that he edged uh, Sam out. We're going to go with P.J. this week. I just uh, would you be surprised if you heard that? 
Uh, yeah, no, we're going with Sam. We're, we're ride or die with Sam at this point. I think, I think it's, um, again, I don't think this is a commitment from Steve Wilkes, the Panthers or anybody else that these cats are going to be around next year. I think this is just a matter of he's the best quarterback we got on the roster. And that's what we're going with and nothing else. We'll see. Uh, a couple more things before we get out of here for the day. Obviously, we uh, we talked a little bit about Baker Mayfield being let go, uh, still waiting on where he ends up in regards to the uh, in regards to the waiver tire waiver wire if he goes anywhere. I, I do, do have, a, have a question. I, I hate to interrupt, but I, I need to, I need to ask this question because. Uh, I don't know if maybe I missed it when you address it. So he's on waivers for 24 hours. Does he become a free agent after that? Yes, that is exactly what happens. So if you're him, don't you kind of hope you don't get picked up? Uh, I mean, unless it is San Francisco, that is where you wanted to go. And that's the reason you, I mean, listen, the timing is too fortuitous to be a coincidence, right? Like Jimmy G gets lost for the season. They already lost Trey Lance, obviously. It was too coincidental for Jimmy G to be lost for the season. And then all of the sudden that day, Baker Mayfield asked for his release. I expect him to be a 49er. The only question is going to be, do they go waiver wire for him? Uh, or does he clear or does somebody else snag him? Because keep in mind, it's not up to him. If the Houston Texans sitting there at one win, look, and they go, all right, Davis Mills isn't getting it done. We're one win team. What's the worst that can happen? Let's ride with Bake. They can snag him off the waiver wire right now. It won't cost them very much and go, all right, you're going to play for us or you're going to sit at home and not help the 49ers. It's your pick. Um, you, there's also the question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there's also the question that there are a handful of of other NFC teams between one and I believe 24 where the 49ers sit right now that could theoretically pick Baker Mayfield up off waivers just to prevent San Francisco from getting him right. And that, that is a waiver wire strategy. So I don't mean to spend a whole lot more time on Baker Mayfield, but yes, I will find it interesting to watch uh, what goes on with the waiver wire. All right. Speaking of spending a lot more time, on Baker Mayfield, you have been a member of the media in places where you have been able to ask questions of of coaches. How many days will Steve Wilkes have to answer questions about Baker Mayfield? If you're this a week. member of if you're a member of the media, so so you're good for the rest of this week. Then after that, you move on. This week, he will be answering questions about Baker Mayfield from now until Friday. Uh, and then the focus will move to Seattle after the Seattle game is over. Uh, maybe Monday next week, like if they lose and Sam has a bad performance, somebody's going to hit him with a, would you have liked Baker to still be here to give you a backup option? And Steve will go, hey, listen, it was unfortunate. It didn't work out, and it was time to move on. We wish Baker the best. Now we're getting ready for Pittsburgh, and that'll be right. the end of it. All right, one more thing. I got, I got to uh, I, I got to ask this also. So what happens if Baker goes to San Francisco and wins the Super Bowl? Does this affect whether Steve Wilkes gets the job? If the guy who you did not play and you effectively let go because you requested it goes somewhere else and, and wins the whole thing, 
does that affect on whether you would hire him as the head coach? Uh, I think that would depend a lot on what Baker does and how they win, right? I mean, listen, if if he was to go start over Brock Purdy and he becomes a handoff machine and he's throwing the ball 14 times a game, then no, probably not because of how much talent. If, see, if San Francisco wins the Super Bowl this year, even with Debo, even with McCaffrey, if they win a Super Bowl this year, it's going to be because of their defense, not their offense, right? We 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 can all see that. That's very obvious. They are kind of set up like the Ravens were a few years ago. A couple of really good skill players, a moderately good quarterback, but it is the defense that carries them to victory. I don't think you can hold that against Steve Wilkes. And I don't think I mean you can you can hold it against Matt Rule. I'm 100 percent fine with holding it against Matt Rule. I don't think it impacts uh, Steve Wilkes' chances all that much. Yeah, but you, how could you hold it against Matt Rule? Matt Rule started him, so it, it's Wilkes who who benched him. So if if he were to go somewhere else, like San Francisco, and win, I think it looks badly on uh, on Steve Wilkes. I do. That's fair enough. I I also get the impression, and here I'll just ask outright: Do you not want Steve Wilkes to get the job? I want the uh, best coach to get the job. I want the guy who can come in there and win. I don't care who it is. Even if it's someone who I've really disliked in the past, let's say Bill Belichick is available, put put that whole record aside that he's kind of good, uh, Not never really been that big of a fan, but if he can come in and win, I'm okay with it. Fair enough. I can respect that. Uh, Seattle, Carolina, coming up on Sunday. It should be a very interesting one. Uh, We are going to break that game down, obviously, coming up on Wednesday. We will have responses to this week's practices, this week's press conferences, et cetera, et cetera. And then on Friday, our game preview, where we will get into all of the X's and O's for Carolina at Seattle, which, again, is a big game. Uh, We are riding with New Orleans. No, we're not riding with New Orleans. We are pulling for a Tampa Bay loss tonight. I mean, that's the way to phrase it, right? There you go. I don't want New Orleans to win. I just need Tampa Bay to lose. I think think that's the way to, uh, to phrase it for sure. So we will find out, and we will obviously break that game and the state of the NFC South down and our place within it coming up on Wednesday's show. Lonzo, any final words for the people? Uh, Just good luck, Baker. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, really, it's no hard feelings, right? Like, I hope, I, I hope, hit. Good luck on your future endeavors. Sincerely, is the best way I can put it. That's all for us, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, do us a favor, follow us on the social media at the Rob Brown Show on Twitter and Instagram at Lonzo on Word on Twitter as well. And again, download, subscribe, and share us around. We very much appreciate it. We will see you back here on Wednesday for another episode of the Views from Men Street podcast. Keep pounding, baby!